Uh, I'm going to say no one's better than me. But <laughs> yeah, let's go. Blow up. Welcome, everybody, to the Monday, June 15th, 2020 episode of Locked On Dolphins. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get $10 off your first order. First order of business after you're done getting yourself a box of Built Bars, of course, is to talk about the story that came out over the course of the weekend from Safadine of the Sun-Sentinel. It details Tungavaloa, his reported move to South Florida, is being made official uh, from Birmingham. He's been working out in Birmingham. And the real meat and potatoes of the story from Safad is that he spoke with Kevin Wilk, the physical therapist who Tungavaloa has been working with in looking to return back to football shape, getting full range of motion and strength in his hip, which, of course, he suffered the dislocated hip in November of 2019. So let's start there. We've got some news from over the weekend to get into, some some topics that I want to talk about here. But this tongue of a low a bit is pressing for a couple of reasons. And it's some of the things that, that Wilk said that Tua has been doing. And one really important quote from Wilk when you put it into the spectrum of the athletes that he's been around throughout the course of his career as a therapist. Let's dig in. You can barely talk to him when he's at the clinic, Wilk said. He's either doing exercises or his face is buried in an iPad learning the Dolphin system. He's laser-focused, one of the most focused I've ever seen anybody, to be honest. This is quite the endorsement considering Wilk has worked with athletes in the past, such as Michael Jordan, Derek Jeter, and Drew Brees. Tungavaloa's rehab process, which is outlined by Dean in the article at thesunsentinel.com, highlights that he's been focusing on three primary areas with his rehabilitation process in Birmingham, including his throwing shoulder to keep it live despite the downtime away from the game, his injured hip, and both of his ankles, uh, which he elected to have elective procedures on both to expedite his return to the field. That's an important distinguishment to make about these ankle injuries for Tua Tungavaloa. They were optional procedures so that he would avoid missing playing time. And regardless of the quality of play when he was on the field and battling through those ankle injuries... He was on the field. It was until the dislocated hip, a severe injury, the only predominant severe injury in Tungavaloa's college career, uh, that kept him off the field for any substantial amounts of time. Kevin Wilk continued in this piece with Safadine. He's doing miraculously well. The miraculous part is that he's healed so well. The second part is he's been so well at getting his strength back, which usually takes a long time after something like this. Tungavaloa is investing three and a half hours per workout with special emphasis on that shoulder, that hip, and both of his ankles. And the Dolphins themselves, uh, head athletic trainer Kyle Johnston, has had communication 
with Kevin Wilk, the physical therapist Tungavaloa has been using. So this is all very encouraging news to hear that there is a little bit of a coordinated effort between the Dolphins, Tungavaloa, and his camp to make sure what he is doing, the exercises, the agility drills, everything that he's being tasked with doing, the Dolphins are aware of. You know, amid the COVID-19 pandemic and the restrictions that have put been put in place, to have the peace of mind to know that the Dolphins are not going to be surprised by anything that walks through the door when they're able to open the door to Tungavaloa and other Dolphins players and allow them back into the building for workouts and rehab. Having that line of communication is an added bonus, an added layer to what is a really strong foundational story in hearing that Tungavaloa and his rehab are going so well and that the focus and energy that Tungavaloa is putting into getting back to 100% is at that rare level that you need to have to be a highly successful professional athlete. The margin between mediocrity and greatness at the pro sports level in any sport is razor thin. And to have a face of your franchise in Tua Tungvaloa, who has this intense focus that someone like Kevin Wilk has seen in very few people before, and he has worked with elite athletes across all sports, it's the endorsement that I need and you should need to feel really good, as good as you possibly can, about the Dolphins drafting to a tongue of Aloha, knowing that there was some uncertainty with not getting a medical check-in, with the durability questions. Somebody who's wired this way and invests themselves this way to get back, by the time Tongue of Aloha steps on the field, most of the hard part's going to be over. The hard part was the journey back to 100%. And now the Dolphins just have to hope when it comes time to put him on the field, he protects himself adequately to avoid any major injuries moving forward. Because here's the thing, here's the context. You know, rookies transitioning from college football to the NFL, they often have to learn how to be a professional, if that makes sense. It's constantly cited by players. They come in and, and, and they reference a, a veteran player who takes them under their wing and, and teaches them you know, how to go about their business and how to study and, and how to you know, prepare and take care of your body because there's less accountability. You, you have to be more independent than what you were when you were at college when you live on campus and you have the structure and the coaches tell you you need to be here at this time and, and you've got... Players who at times are effectively living on the facilities versus being a professional, you got to do it on your own. And for Tungavaloa to, to have this wiring and mindset already and to have to battle so hard for so long just to get back to football strength, that's when people talk about it, this is an example of it. He's not going to have to learn how to be a professional. He's been acting as a professional, going to work every day, working on his body to get back to 100%, to beat the timelines that have been set to him by doctors. I don't know about you, but I'm highly encouraged by that. And I'm highly encouraged that a man who's worked with Michael Jordan, Derek Jeter, Roger Clemens, Mariano Rivera, Drew Brees... Charles Barkley, he's worked with some all-time greats in their respective sports. 
And he looks at the way two is working. He says, man, I can't think of a whole lot of people that have been dialed in like that before. The Dolphins will need some luck. But they've already got their first bit of it in having Tungabaloa fall into their lap. Period. Please allow me a moment of your time to talk to you about our friends over at Built Bar who do not just make delicious protein bars at this point, but they are also putting forth a really admirable effort to make a positive change in the world. Built Bar currently has 8 million bars in their inventory. And Built Bar has announced that they will be donating 100% of the profits from those 8 million bars in their inventory to several organizations with the goal of supporting children, hunger, and ending hate and racism whilst supporting equality. A very simple concept. And Built Bar, uh, these protein bars that they have made, they've got a flavor for everything. doesn't matter what you like. You like fruit flavors. You like desserts. They eat like candy bars. They're healthy, whether you need a meal replacement, post-workout meal. And on top of it, you can rest easy knowing that an investment in yourself will also be used as an investment for local communities creating positive change. BuiltBar.com, we have a special offer in addition to the initiative that Built Bar is putting forward. All of our listeners here in the Locked On Network can get $10 off their first box by using promo code Locked On. So go to BuiltBar.com, get yourself a box of these awesome protein bars, courtesy of promo code Locked On, and help make a difference. Tomorrow is Power to the Pod, which is the Dolphins fans' opportunity to tell me what they want to talk about on the show. And one of the questions that I have most consistently been asked since starting doing this show was Kyle talk talk to me about Chan Gailey. Talk what what is the plan with the offensive coordinator? What is the strategy, you know, what is the the succession plan Chan Gailey 68 years old? I get it. It's an it was a surprising hire at the decision at the time they made the decision. Uh, because everybody came from the same Patriot system, and, and obviously as more has come to light after the end of the 2019 season, Brian Flores was uncomfortable with Chad O'Shea's ability to coach and teach his players because he wanted to coach and teach the Patriot system and did not cater to his players. Players had a hard time picking it up. Players said, hey, he's trying to teach us too much, and Chad O'Shea says, well, they just don't know the playbook. Well, got a bunch of young players. Y- you got to strategize how you present information, right? And once it became apparent through Brian Flores' assessment of Chad O'Shea that the root of the problem, in his opinion, was O'Shea and not the players, they made the change. And bringing in Chan Gailey on a surface level certainly seemed like an extension of, oh, well, Ryan Fitzpatrick, so and so forth. Then maybe it was, but at the same time, Chan Gailey has experience at the college level, the NFL level, Long-time offensive coordinator. Uh, He's been doing this for a really long time. And as he has moved from spot to spot and dropped down the college level and up to pros and back and forth, he's picked up on a lot of strategies that that are friendly in today's game, predominantly his spacing-oriented offense, and uh, how he is going to stress and and approach the field and, and force defenses to stretch out. 
But what is the plan, right? Because Brian Flores, young head coach. A lot of the coaches, young. The players, the roster, one of the youngest in the NFL. And now you have an offensive coordinator who's one of the oldest in the NFL. And here's what I've kind of been able to piece together as far as why I think this decision was made. When Flores first took the job, Jim Caldwell was hired to be the team's quarterbacks coach and assistant head coach. Obviously, he took a leave of absence for medical issues, missed the season, was a quote-unquote consultant. We get through the end of the year. The changes are made. Chan Gailey comes in. Jim Caldwell is out. Brian Flores, he has experience in a plethora of areas regarding the game of football and coaching and scouting. But but Brian's predominantly defensive-oriented at this point in time, but the way he was brought up in New England. He is a delegator of information and a delegator of responsibilities. He wants to, He needs to be able to trust those on his staff to deliver his message in a way that's going to connect with the players. That is the root of the issue of why Chad O'Shea is out. So as weird as it is to say that it's, it's, it's equal parts X's and O's and equal parts coaching style and personality, that's what I really honestly believe was a selling point for Chankieli. And because Brian is a defensive-minded coach, you know he's going to delegate to both his coordinators, but as a defensive guy, he knows the defensive side of the game planning is going to get done in a way that he likes. Offensively, they looked last year for a veteran presence in the coaching staff to kind of serve overhead and serve as the patriarch, if you will, of the offensive coaching staff. Jim Caldwell didn't work out. So now, Brian goes out, and maybe you know Fitzpatrick being here was part of, instead of the Dolphins picking Chan because it's a best fit for Ryan Fitzpatrick, maybe Ryan Fitzpatrick gave Flores the review of Chan Gailey that he needed to feel comfortable in knowing this is a guy who could work in my system. He'll work in my coaching staff and could deliver my message and deliver game planning that at the very least is going to put the ball into the hands of my best players, is going to be flexible, and he's going to teach things and techniques and game plans in a way in which I know the players are going to understand it. Is there a succession plan? No, I don't, I don't necessarily think there is. You know, maybe the Dolphins, you know, Patrick, they, they go the Patrick Graham route, right? And they they hire with, with with from within. And that's probably the ideal situation where the, the Dolphins let Patrick Graham walk to go to New York with the Giants to serve in the same role. And they hired and promoted Josh Boyer to serve as the defensive coordinator. Maybe in a perfect world, one of these position coaches under Chan Gailey gets the call up, but maybe not. I think at this point in time, as much as we want to be worried about continuity in the coaching staff, continuity in coaching staffs is a myth no matter where you are. Because if you're bad, you're firing guys. And if you're good, people are getting hired elsewhere and you're going to have to replace them anyway. That's why the guy at the center, the guy at the top, is so important. And that's why Brian Flores, you know, people ask me, you know, with, with so many coaching staff changes and personnel changes, are we worried about team culture not being what... No, not really. And it, it all comes back to the man in the middle, 
the keystone, the foundation is the man up top, the CEO of football operations, Brian Flores. He has his hands on the day-to-day. He's going to make sure everything runs the way he wants, and he's going to find people. That's why the Dolphins do go out and add a couple of college coaches, right? You think about some of the positional coaches that the Dolphins have brought into the fray this year. Austin Clark, outside linebackers coach, came from Illinois. Defensive backs coach Gerald Alexander came from Cal. The Dolphins just added two assistants this weekend in Steve Ferentz, the son of Iowa head coach Kirk Ferentz, and former Chiefs running back Colby Smith. Ferentz will serve as a coaching assistant, and Smith serves as an offensive quality control coach. But these players are brought into the picture because Brian Flores communicates with them and he feels like they are on the same wavelength as far as how they relay information and how they teach and what their style of coaching is. That's the continuity plan for Chan Gailey. It's, I don't think it's specifically one person or one scheme. I think the Dolphins, A, they want to be scheme diverse on both sides of the ball. They want to be RPO-oriented. And with the RPO game being what it is at college football these days, I think your hiring pool, especially if you're comfortable with hiring from the college level, is so much greater than what it is if you are just going to work within the same recycled, and ironically, right, that's what they did. They recycled somebody else's old play caller in Changeli to fill the position. But as we move forward, I think early, early stages, the experience is important. Because you need a guy that's been around the block. That guy is going to be the primary input for game planning on offense, the offensive side of the football. Need a guy who's been around the block and who has seen it and who can help protect a young quarterback in Tua. But as Tua matures and as the roster matures and these players grow into who they're going to be as professionals, you'll have more clearly defined areas of need that still need fine-tuning You'll have players that are stepping into bigger roles and thriving. And then perhaps once they've been around the block a few times, it's less important to have a guy who's long in the tooth calling the plays. And then you just need to find a guy who's flexible, who can coach different strategies depending on the opponents that you're facing while staying true to your team and roster identity. And a guy who communicates by teaching, and talking, and being direct. These are the things that Brian Flores covets in all phases of his football team. The Locked On Network stands against racism and social injustice, and that is why we, the hosts, are making personal donations to local and national organizations that are fighting for change. And in the month of June, Locked On is matching the total of all host donations up to an additional $10,000 To make your own donation along with us, please visit LockedOnPodcast.com slash Black Lives Matter. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for the last 20 years. 
Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules to brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand specifications and prices you prefer. And best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers alike. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com We are going to wrap the show today talking about these two new hires the Dolphins made over the weekend, who they are, why they're relevant, Starting first with Colby Smith. Uh, Coach Smith is a former collegiate and pro running back uh, who played at the University of Louisville from 2003 to 2006. Over that time frame, he logged over 1,800 rushing yards. He was drafted in the fifth round by the Kansas City Chiefs, uh, played three seasons, and then subsequently was cut three times over the course of a single summer, never saw the field again. However, he did latch on with uh, college coaching, uh, including stops at Arkansas, Western Kentucky, Louisville, and Rutgers. He was most recently at Rutgers in 2019 for as the tailbacks coach. Uh, before that, he was at Louisville for five years as the tailbacks coach, so went back to his alma mater and coached there for five seasons. Uh, coach Smith will not be super hands-on with the backs uh, because the Dolphins do have running backs coach Eric Studsfell still present and, and working hands-on with the running backs, but as the Dolphins look to revitalize the ground game, the presence of a former pro back, now coach, in Colby Smith, I think is important to note because they need, let's be honest, all the help they can get. They need all the help they can get in revitalizing the ground game, uh, which ironically works tandem, hand-in-hand, with the other hire that they made in Steve Ferentz. If you're not familiar with the lineage of his father, Kirk Ferentz, who's been at Iowa for 20 years now, Kirk Ferentz coached under Bill Belichick with the Cleveland Browns in the early 1990s, coaching their offensive line. Ferentz stayed with the organization beyond Belichick's tenure, served as the assistant head coach once the team moved from Cleveland to Baltimore and became the Ravens, and then left to become the head coach of the Iowa Hawkeyes. His son Steve, who was born in 93, played at Iowa as an offensive lineman. Didn't get a chance to get a whole lot of snaps. He, he was more of a, uh, a coach's son, right? Like, that's how, that's how he ended up at Iowa. And um, ever since he finished his eligibility with the Hawkeyes, He's landed on his feet at Central Michigan and was an assistant for Central Michigan for several seasons, uh, but now has been hired to serve as a coaching assistant. That's his formal title. So we don't know where specifically he's going to be super hands-on, but what we do know is his father is one of the architects of one of the best offensive line pipelines in recent memory with the Iowa Hawkeyes. 
A little bit of a lineage there. So Coach Smith, Coach Ferentz on the Dolphins, lower-level coaches hired going into training camp, more of an assistant support role. But nonetheless, the fact that the Dolphins went out and got these guys, what their lineage says about their backgrounds and where they can be hands-on with this team, I like it. I I like the fact that uh, the Dolphins really seem committed to trying to fix this damn running game. And they need they need to. Uh, it's been a problem for a long time. Pass protection as well. The backs are a big piece of pass pro. You got to have guys that want to stick their face in the fan. You got to have an offensive line that's all on the same page. The whole is greater than the sum of the individual parts in the offensive line. And that's what we're hoping to see from the Dolphins once they're able to establish some chemistry with all of the new pieces that are now in the fray. Listen, I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode of Locked on Dolphins. Uh, Lots of uh, little tidbits and nuggets that leaked out throughout the course of the weekend. You know, I'm keeping a tally and a list. And I did some content over at DolphinsWire.com that I didn't even get to talking about who I think is going to lead the Dolphins in certain uh, statistical categories. Maybe that'll be the rest of the week once we get through Power to the Pod, which is tomorrow. So if you have specific questions that you'd like to hear aired out on the show, you can reach me either via iTunes reviews, if you have the podcasts app, which I'd be eternally grateful for a five-star review with a question. Guaranteed, if it's there when I do my recording, I'm going to read it. And you can also reach me at LockedOnFins with a PH on Twitter to tweet your questions there as well. So I'm Kyle Krabs, host of Locked On Dolphins. Diehard Dolphins fans, I hope you keep it locked in right here on Locked On Dolphins, and I hope to see you again tomorrow for Power to the Pod.